Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I'm here in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer, and we have an exciting podcast today. We've got that kind of stuff uh, for ourselves today and for you that is so exciting that we just like can't even stand it to share it today, because today we are going to help you make Passover great again. Come on, somebody. That's right. Let's make Passover great again. We are celebrating this podcast on the 10th of Nisan in the first uh, month of this new biblical year, and we are so excited. We know that we have purchased our lamb. His name is Yeshua HaMashiach, and uh, he is the lamb without spot and blemish. So we dedicate uh, this particular podcast to our Lord and Savior, uh, Yeshua. Uh, We have some little... uh, outline here that we're going to be going over to to give you a buffet on the feast of passover a this is mortgage board this is going to be a buffet everybody because i'm telling you right now this is going to be a meal that you'll never forget we would like to kick it off with the of course the eight feasts of the lord uh they are found in leviticus chapter 23 uh, verses 1 through 44 and i have my trusty little reader here and uh, he is going to be reading to you in uh, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 and 2. And these are some exciting verses. These are some of my favorite verses and some of the verses I discovered when I first kind of discovered Hebrew roots. So uh, this is near and dear to my heart. Leviticus 23, verse 1, and it says here, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Whose feasts are they? They're the Lord's feasts, Ryan, and we need to establish that right out of the gate. They are the Lord's feasts. Now, once again, who is, of course, being spoken to? Who are Who's the group of people? The children of Israel. Now, it's concerning the feasts. Now, the word feast is number 4150 in the Strong's Concordance. It is the Hebrew word oh, moed, and it means the following, an appointment a fixed time or season, a festival, a signal. So think about it. This Friday night, we are sending out a signal to the world that the Feast of Passover has begun. So once again, it's the Hebrew word moed. And I always uh, share this with the congregation or when I'm speaking in regard to the feasts. Uh, It is an appointment, Ryan. And I can assure you of this. Just like when my wife wants to get her nails done or her hair, I can't remember ever a time that she missed the appointment. Now, how much more are we to keep this day? Amen. To keep this day, just like my wife and I were talking about it this morning as we were waking up, we were talking about, hey, you know what? We got to do this family Passover on Friday night because that's the, of course, the uh, the original Passover. So we, we were talking about that and, and, and getting the lamb and everything. So the bottom line is that we have an appointment uh, with the Lord. So what you're telling me is that God himself is throwing a party. Absolutely. He sent out the invitations. He's proclaimed it, and he said, you're invited to my party that I'm throwing on this day at this time, and here's what I want my guests to do. This is, this is, how, this is the theme of the party. 
I think that maybe we should just come up with our own holiday and, and celebrate that instead. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Now, let's break down <laughs> Leviticus 23.2. It actually says to speak unto the children of Israel, uh, the feast of the Lord, proclaim to be holy convocations. Now, this word proclaim is actually uh, the word uh, that would, that would uh, the connotation is flyers, posters, banners. So we have some big red banners up on our property that uh, actually are on our property that say, come and celebrate Passover with us. So there's the word feast. It is an appointment. And then we're going to look at this next word. It's called convocations or convocation. Mikra. It's number 4744. It is the Hebrew word mikra, M-I-Q-R-A. Check this out. It means the following. Something called out, a public meeting, a rehearsal. Now, uh, my testimony, I know I sound like a broken record. Uh, I'm sure the congregation is tired of hearing it, but I always bring we to light. We never get tired bring of Bring to light stories. that I have been privileged to celebrate these feasts, the, the Feast of the Lord, especially my first Passover was in the spring of 1995. So this Friday will be 23 years that I've celebrated Passover every year. Now listen, I started out as a single person, wow, a married person. I had three sons, four daughters. I have the congregation. And now I'm sharing Passover with the world. Oh, I'm telling you, if you're listening to this podcast, we love you guys. So just keep that in mind as you begin to look at the word feasts and convocations. They are very important. We're going to move on to the next bullet point here, the next part of the outline. Uh, once again, this is a new feast cycle with the Feast of Passover in 2018. Now, we are currently in the book of Leviticus, and we started that new Torah portion uh, last fall. But, Ryan, we are in a brand new feast cycle starting Friday night. And once again, we have to, we have to check it out. We have to get excited. Now, Which is cool because you can almost feel it in the air. That something big is coming up. There's the the spirit realm. I, I was just huge. talking to right. I was just talking. Yeah, huge. I was talking to a, a Christian brother this morning. Uh, we were sitting across the table from each other, and you know he was talking about how just you know all the yuck and stuff. You know the enemy is mad. He's he's trying to throw us off course and 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 do things. And, and people are feeling uh, the spiritual pressure. The atmosphere uh, is is intense. And so we have to remember that that we have our lamb. Absolutely. His name is Yeshua. Absolutely. And, and, and if you think about it, Ryan, this is what's so interesting. I had the privilege uh, back in 1995 of celebrating the, the four Passovers uh, theme uh, with not only the Dreyer family, but also with Batya and Angus Wooten. Uh, just, uh, uh, just great people uh, uh, who helped you know, people to find their identity in, in the olive tree, to be grafted in, uh, the non-Jews, so just a great couple. Uh, and Angus Wooten, love them, appreciate them. So, Ryan, I'm going to share with you the four Passovers that are found in the Scriptures. This is life-changing, and this is, of course, progressive in nature. Uh, number one is the family Passover, and we're not going to read any Scriptures in reference to this. We're just going to give you the address. It's found in Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 51. So the first Passover is the family Passover, and notice it was in Egypt. So they, they of course, experienced uh, the first Passover in Egypt. Uh, families came together. If you didn't have a family, you joined a family, and they applied the blood of the lamb to the doorpost. The death angel, of course, passed over. So with that, I would like to share with you this word, the word Passover. is number 6452. It's the Hebrew word Pesach, and it means the following. It literally means to hop. Now, 
<laughs> Maybe this is where they get the like, Easter like bunny. A, I said like a bunny? Now listen, think about this, right? It means to hop or figuratively to skip over or spare by implication or to imply to hesitate. Do I really want to hit this house? No, it's going to hop over because the blood's on it. Uh, it means literally to limp. It means to dance, halt, and to leap. So as we believe in the, in, the, in the Davidic dance, as we believe in congregational dancing and dancing before the Lord like David did, when we leap, that's a Pesach. Hmm. The connotation is to leap. And, and we know that in certain weather patterns, like even tornadoes, we know that they have been known to devastate an area but to actually leap or hop over a particular house. Uh, you'll see this interview with a particular gentleman, and he'll say, I don't know why, but my house was spared. The tornado literally leaped over uh, my house. So wow, that, that's, that's a incredible. picture. That's it a really Pesach. Is. So when we apply, I believe Yeshua, the Son of God, to our lives, bad things leap over us. Wow. Yeah, they we don't even touch know. Us. It's like a force field. Yeah, we don't even know the that. That is the yeah. coolest thing, Ryan. It so is. think about that. It means to skip over or to spare. And that's what the Lord has done for us. So here we have the family Passover, number one. Number two is the congregational Passover. Now, let's go back in time because you're looking at 1,000, what, 444 years uh, before Yeshua, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that like We're looking at 3,500 years that this family Passover took place. Now, number two is the congregational Passover. It's found in Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 and 17. Okay. I'm going to have Ryan read those particular verses. This is where it's going to talk about, this is where my name is. You're going to celebrate this as, as the tribes. You're going to all come together, and he's going to read those verses. Deuteronomy 16, uh, verses 16 and 17. And so it says, Three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, in the feast of unleavened bread, and in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessings of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. So that's pretty cool. So, th so we go it from is. the actual story of Passover to then celebration yes. of Passover. Yes, and what do families become? Congregations. That's true. Yeah, all your families get together. Where his name is. And also located in this particular set of scriptures are the three national feast days, which is, of course, uh, Passover, uh, Shavuot, and Tabernacles. So once again, uh, families become congregations. That's Passover number two. Passover number three, Ryan, if you could read these verses. Uh, this is the personal Passover with Yeshua now, and we're just going to be going back 2,000 years ago. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 29, uh, you're going to see this renewed covenant in the personal Passover with Yeshua. Now, y'all heard that he said that he, he wasn't going to have me read these verses. Now I'm having to chase all over the Bible finding them. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. I, right. I just feel inspired. It's all good. Let's scripture Let's, interpret. We're amen. just going to have to go for it. Let's do it. So Matthew 26, uh, verse 26 through 29. Here it is. And I had these highlighted, by the way. It says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so this is the yeah. actual blood covenant this, this from is. Jeremiah 31. 
this is that I think this is the blood covenant yeah. actually found within the sacrifices. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about this, you know. Uh, of course, here's the personal Passover, Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 through 29. So personal salvation. And, and so we're going to get into this at the very end. I'm going to challenge all of you to a little homework assignment to get you thinking, because something is being stirred in the earth today with, with God's children. I believe something incredible is happening. A second exodus is, is taking place. Amen. So last but not least is the kingdom Passover, which of course Yeshua makes reference as he takes the bread and, and, and the wine. Uh, which represents his 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 body and his blood. Uh, this is the kingdom Passover found in Revelation chapter nineteen verses seven through nine. This is the the final Passover of the redemptive plan of God. This is the consummation of the marriage, the the last supper of uh, heaven. Everything in in Revelation nineteen seven through nine. We call it the kingdom Passover. Amen. AKA the marriage supper of the Lamb. So here it says uh, verse seven. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he saith unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So once again, we have the family Passover, which is like 3,500 years ago. Congregational Passover is just before you, you have King David and his son Solomon who builds the temple, and then they, of course, do the sacrifices there where his name is in Jerusalem, Amen. and that's a thousand years uh, before Christ, so that, that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then, of course, we go into the personal Passover 2,000 uh, years ago, but we are moving progressively towards the kingdom Passover, Ryan. So Amen. the family Hallelujah. Passover found in the book of Exodus is the original Seder that has progressed through the ages. So, Ryan, what we're doing is we're doing Passover seders in our homes. Yeah. And guess what? We're not in Jerusalem. Ooh. We're in the diaspora. Everything's coming full circle. That's and right. that is the beauty of it. So as a congregation, we're breaking off into families, and families are opening up their homes. And I do believe we had like 37 attended the seder class. Yeah. So would you say that we are now presently, from a prophetic standpoint, in the... Um, in the personal Passover. So now, Absolutely, so now, yes. so prophetically, we're now in the personal Passover. And so for us to bring people into our home in a personal, intimate setting, we are then fulfilling our obligation uh, to share the Passover with others. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Now, now, Ryan, what goes along with all of this is, is, of course, the Father's intent is to pull people out of the nations, uh, Jews and non-Jews. Uh, how many of you know that a mixed multitude celebrates Passover. Oh, yeah. This is an Exodus 12, 38. Why? Because these, this group of people is going to make a mass exodus with the children of Israel. Here, here's what it says. It says, And a mixed multitude went up also with them, and flocks and herds, even very much cattle. So a whole mixed multitude came out. So, so God does all these signs and wonders. He decimates the land of Egypt, but he blesses the children of Israel and sends them out with Moses out of Egypt. And with them went a mixed multitude, a whole other group of people that attached themselves to the children of Israel. From the very beginning, God's plan was that the nations would follow the example of Israel. They would attach themselves to Israel Absolutely. and become Israelites. Be part, be part of the commonwealth of Israel. Amen. The, 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 you know, the, the, the commonwealth of Israel. I mean, it's just that simple in Ephesians 2. But Ryan, this is what's really cool about in regards to the mixed multitude in, in the Strong's Concordance. What I love about that particular word in the Hebrew, it's like a thread of cloth, but it's got different fibers and threads and different colors. What comes to mind? 
Hmm, maybe the coat of many colors? Yes, hmm. Joseph's coat of many colors. So this is what we're seeing. We're seeing these non-Jews, Gentiles, coming out of the nations, wanting Torah. And here's Judah. Judah comes along, and what are they doing? They're like, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? The, the nations are wanting Torah. We, we're going to have to be there for this. That's right. So this is exciting. So we're going to progressively move on here as we are already 15 minutes into this podcast, but, but it's going to be well worth it. Uh, I have here some examples of Passover celebrations in the Old Testament. And so if you want to just read these later and go back and read them, you can. We have Joshua and the children of Israel as they entered the promised land. And I do believe if Ryan could find in Joshua, I just feel led to, to share this because we are living at a very, very historical time. I, I want to encourage all of you that today is the day. If you go back, okay, if you go back 3,500 years ago after they were in the wilderness and they're going to go, in, they go into the promised land, Ryan. So yeah. let's check out Joshua. I do believe it is Joshua uh, 419. Let's read that one. All right. So uh, Joshua chapter 4, verse 19, it says, And the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. Oh, oh you got to read that one more time. What? That's today, folks. We are commemorating what? that. Read it again, Ryan. Come on. Man, you know, so this is a packed day. This is exciting. You know oh, this is unbelievable. Here's what's so cool. You know, it, because of the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith and getting involved in this stuff, we just have a front row seat to these exciting occurrences. Uh, and this is in hindsight we're looking at this. I know. How much more tomorrow oh, or this week's Passover? Gets all. This year's Passover, the 70th anniversary of Israel being a nation Passover? Oh, yeah. No, that's exciting Read stuff. it again. All right, so here we go. Listen up. This podcast is being produced on the 10th of Nisan. And the people came up out of the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. So what you're saying is that when they were going to Jericho, that was during the Passover season. So From they were breaking down walls, the walls and strongholds. walls came down during unleavened bread, I believe. I mean, if, that's, <gasps> if that isn't something to think about, it's Mind something to think about. Blown. And of course, they're in Gilgal. They're on the other side of the Jordan, and they circumcise themselves. The manna is, is not produced anymore. They're going to eat of the land. But i got to move on. But that's an incredible thing. Yeah, we could camp out there. Now, for a there, while. There's, there's so much. <laughs> now, we also have in reference to uh, an example of the second Passover with King Hezekiah. Uh, you can't celebrate... Uh, this particular feast day in the second month on the 14th day, and it was actually done through King Hezekiah. Uh, you can see this in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 29 in verse 1, all the way through chapter 31 in verse 1. So once again, we have the second Passover being celebrated, and it's interesting that, that they were not prepared to celebrate Passover on the 14th day in the first month. So they needed more time to be ceremonially cleansed and, and, and get their act together, get ready. And, and Ryan, it says in here, and I'm not going to read the verses, but they had failed to be ceremonially clean even in the second month of the 14th day. King Hezekiah makes intercession. He pleads with the Lord. He prays and God forgives them. Wow. So they celebrate the second Passover in the second month on the 14th day, and they also stressed unleavened bread for another week. They celebrated unleavened bread for an additional week. Just in case, man. I mean, that is incredible. That is incredible. If you guys so that's heard, a great example for you guys If you guys heard read. some uh, notification noise, I want you to know I apologize for that. Some special stuff going on with my computer today. Hey, you know what? This is a one-take podcast, it is. everyone. It is. We tried to limit the editing. <laughs> we want you to get the real thing. You know, We don't want it to be all sterile and, and studio-produced. We want to make this thing live and just organic. So uh, also, we have uh, The Last Righteous King 
of Judah, King Josiah, he restores the Passover. This is in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 1 through chapter 35 and verse 19. King Josiah discovers the Torah, the law from the temple. They're restoring it. They're rebuilding it. And then what happens? They find the Torah. That's right. He finds the Torah. He begins to read it. He rips his clothes. He weeps. He cries. He, he repents. And he says, we're not doing these things. So he initiates the feast of Passover. And that is incredible. So we're talking, this is like 609 BC. Wow. And, and it's interesting because the, the Torah was rediscovered, and with that come the feast days. They go hand in hand. If you get Torah, you get the feasts. If you get feasts, you get the Torah exactly in that order. So that's kind of cool. So just think about that as you look at King Josiah. Last but not least, uh, an, another example of Passover uh, celebrated in the Old Testament is found, of course, in the book of Ezra. Uh, Ezra chapter 1 and verse 1 all the way through chapter 10 and verse 44, Passover in Jerusalem after the Babylonian captivity. And once again, Ezra and Nehemiah were contemporaries uh, in regards to, to this, but, but Ezra, of course, in that book, they restore Passover. We, and you know what's cool is God's mercy is so great for us, and it always has been. If you look, God's people, they, they go astray, they turn away. And then a whole generation goes by, and then it's just completely lost. The Passover is lost. And so you see these stories, uh, you know, with, with Hezekiah, with King Josiah, with Ezra, where the Passover is being restored to God's people. Well, guess what? We are living in a day today where the Passover is being restored to us today. And we need to take a hold of that, grab onto it, and run with it, because God is doing a new thing in the earth. But guess what? There's no new thing under the sun right? So we are, we are living prophetically uh, in a world where, where prophecy is being fulfilled every day and that we get to be a part of it. We have a Moedim. We have appointments with God that we just need to show up for and, and worship Him and, and do what He says. I think it's just so fantastic. It's so awesome. I mean, I'm right here in the book of Hosea. Ooh, oh, snap. Now, <laughs> in the book of Hosea, it says in Hosea chapter 2, verse 11, I will also cause all her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, and her Sabbaths, and all her solemn feasts. He took them away, Ryan, but guess That's what? Right. He's giving them back to That's us. Right. This is incredible. This proves that we are the children of God, that we celebrate oh, his yeah. feast days. Amen. Now, and so in regard to, is it current for today for the church? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm going to have Ryan uh, read some verses here. The Apostle Paul encouraged the church in Corinth and Coloss, or the Colossians, to keep the feast of Passover. So here we're going to read some verses here. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Here we go. It says, uh, in, chapter, in verse 7, it says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump. Man, I'm a lump sometimes, I tell you what. As ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Man, that's odd. What, what, he's not just saying to keep the Passover. He's saying, he don't the do the actions of the Passover. He's saying, do the actions of the Passover with sincerity and truth. Understand it. Let it get inside of you. Receive the Passover so that it's not just some mundane action that you're taking. Torah is not just mundane do's and don'ts, right? There is a, 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 a spiritual principle built into every one of God's commands, especially into his feast. There's a lesson to be learned here. And if we will just embrace it 
grab a hold of it. Get other people involved with it. We are going to be so blessed by what God does and how he moves through it. Absolutely. Now check out Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Once again, Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. All right. Colossians chapter 2. Man, I got all these highlights. This is awesome. I, I must have... Makes it easy for it you. It does, man. Those are the nuggets. Yeah. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Hallelujah. Wow. So think about that. So so what what do people start to do? They start to judge you. Oh yeah. Oh Ryan, you're just trying to be Jewish. And what do you say? Thank you. I say Toda Rabbah. I say, you know <laughs> Thank you very <laughs> much. You take it to the next level. Absolutely. My Messiah is Jewish. So so once again, this is incredible. You know, when when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they had a slave mentality. Now, when, when Paul was, was, was actually going on his missionary trips, he had three missionary journeys and trips, but, but the bottom line was that he was dealing with paganism, hedonism, yeah, the pagans. Was, yeah. There was a pagan so were we, mindset. Still today. You know, temple prostitutes, Greek mythology, Zeus. You know, Yeshua, he usurped Zeus. He became more popular than Zeus. And uh, that, that's actually a known fact. So, so, you know, we just need to just look at it in the light of there's been a, a cataclysmic change of religion uh, because of Yeshua, amen, uh, because of a man, not because of a movement, not because of uh, anything else, but because of a man. So that's right. think about it. So Because he is the Passover. Absolutely. And this is what's really cool as well, Ryan. We're going to throw this in here. I have to share this with all of you. We look at the last week of Yeshua, uh, his last week, you know, uh, how many of you know that the, the last words of a dying man uh, are important? Uh, we know the book of Deuteronomy is very important because Moses is going to die. Uh, the Lord is going to take him. And so they want to dispute over his burial or what have you. But Moses is, is going to die, and the, and the Lord is going to take him. So he gives, he gives us the book of Deuteronomy in like, in like 30 days. You know, there, there's the book of remembrance. So all these words are important to Moses. The same thing applies, Ryan, to the last week of Yeshua. Yeah, he's going to so. he's going to be very strategic in what he does and how he does it. But before we can do that, we have to know that Yeshua is our kinsman redeemer. That's right. Now the word redeem it means to ransom, to free, or rescue by paying a price. Number two, to free from the consequences of sin. So the wages of sin is death. Sin is missing the mark. Torah is hitting the mark. Mm -hmm. Now, the first time that the word redeem is used can be found in Exodus 6, 6. I'm going to have Ryan read that. Exodus 6, 6. The first time that the word redeem is used. You are going to love this, everyone, because this is so relevant for today. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgment. Stretched out arm, Ryan. He stretched out his arms for us, literally, physically, whether it was up above our head, you know, or, or out to, to the left and the right. He stretched out his arm. So who's the right arm of God? And it actually says that his own arm gave us salvation in Isaiah as well. Huh. So the word redeem is the Hebrew word ga'al, number 1350, and it means the following. To be the next of kin, and as such, to buy back a relative's property, marry his widow, etc. It also means avenger, to exact vengeance. Yeshua is the original superhero. He doesn't need Superman, Spider-Man. Iron Man. He doesn't need any of these men. 
for he is the Son of Man, and he is the Redeemer. And so once again, he's the closest relative you will ever have and you will ever know. That's right. And so we need to look at this in, in that light. Uh, it's funny how the superhero movies, uh, the current one is the Black Panther, but we have all these superheroes, but Yeshua is the original superhero. That's right. And they said something like in the next two, two to three years, there's going to be 18 superhero movies because we're just enthralled with, with a superhero. So I it, need a hero. Yeah, in regard to the last <laughs> week of Yeshua... Remember that Yeshua, the Son of God, died not only for our sins, but also to redeem or to renew the marriage covenant, okay? Now, Ryan, think about this. I'm going to throw this out to everyone so you can think about this. We know that Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And John the Baptist pointed Yeshua out. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, mm -hmm. singular. So when we ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Ryan, we have a physical death now. But this is what I love about God. I have to bring this point out, everyone, because it's time for the bride to wake up. Yeshua died to renew the marriage covenant. That's what he did. Now, in Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 through 4, we're not going to read it. But it actually says in there, in, the, in regard to the original husband, if he gives his wife a, a, a bill of divorce, that she's free to go and to marry another man. Hmm. But if that latter husband, right, if he ends up, you know, giving her a bill of divorce or dying, she cannot go back to the original husband. It's an abomination. Yeah. That's a dilemma. What is God going to do? So what you're saying is that's a, 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 Laura, a, a, a lawyer, a, a law in the Torah. Now, what is the remedy? I don't have time to get into all of it, but I want to get you guys excited about this, to chew on this. I want to have Ryan actually go to Romans chapter 7, Verses one through four. I'm going to show you this remedy that Jesus not only died for for the for the sin for any of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but because the marriage covenant was broken at Mount Sinai, and I do believe that is in Jeremiah uh, three eight. We're not going to go there, but right. but there was a divorce in the northern kingdom. So how is how is there going to be a remedy? Check out what Paul says in Romans seven verses one through four. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. So it says Paul says, uh, "Know ye not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law." how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren... Ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him which is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. I mean, that is, I mean, that is a huge spiritual concept here, because if you, if you want to know what the mission of Yeshua was, right, it's, there's multiple facets to his mission. And one of those is that he came so that we could be the bride so that we could be back in covenant with God, because we were the adulteress. And so as long as the, the covenant maker is still living and hasn't died, he cannot take us back. And it is through his mercy, his absolute mercy, when we didn't deserve it. He's the second Adam. That he came, exactly right, and he sacrificed his son himself on the cross and died so that this law could be, uh, could be made into effect. And, you know, time doesn't... 
really permit us to give everything we want to give, but we don't, we want to hit the highlights of this particular podcast. Like but I would encourage you that if you can go to our our website, Beta Hila, and go to our YouTube channel, Beta Hila, twopraise.net. Yeah, twopraise.net, and go through, and, and I really encourage you to check out the last week of Yeshua teaching. There's actually hidden treasures in there. Yeah. And, and once again, if you like uh, the teaching that, that you listen to uh, on our YouTube channel, please contact the office and let us know that you need the PowerPoints for that particular teaching, and we will get them to you. Amen? Amen. And so once again, in closing here, uh, I want to remind everyone also that Passover will be celebrated in the reign of Yeshua, uh, and, and of course we see this through Ezekiel's temple in Ezekiel 45 and verse 21. Ryan doesn't have to read that because we're going to go right into communion now. Okay. So this is the literally the icing on the cake before we cannot have any leaven, but this is the the... the the subject that we want to close with is communion. And uh, I know that it's a very controversial topic in a lot of ways, but just to break it down for you how simple it is, you know, I was actually raised Catholic, so I'm acquainted with uh, communion uh, at the Mass and the Last Supper. But communion is defined in the Webster's Dictionary as the following, a sharing of something with others. A sharing of something with others. That's Mm -hmm. what uh, the definition is. Number two, a Christian sacrament, this is out of Webster's, uh, in which bread and wine are consumed as the substance or symbols of Christ's body and blood in commemoration of the death of Christ. Simple definition. Now, because we have sinned and become disobedient, Ryan, God shows us in the very beginning of the Bible two very fundamental principles. Genesis 3.21 is the reference. Number one, when we sin, something has to die. Hmm. Number two, when we sin, blood has to be shed. So let's look at Leviticus 17, 11, and then Ryan's going to read Hebrews 9, 22 as well. So here's what it says, uh, Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for your soul. And then cross-reference here to Hebrews 9, 22. Uh, and it says, "In almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, of course, we know that Yeshua is the bread of life. You can actually read in reference of this in John chapter 6. Uh, we're not going to get into all of it, but he basically discusses, you know, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. And, of course, many of his disciples left him. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to read that last verse out of that chapter, but but I want to remind everyone that in, in John chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. So Passover was near. And so Yeshua begins to share with his disciples, hey, listen, Passover's coming. This is about my body. This is about my blood. Wow. And unless you eat my flesh, okay, and drink my blood, you can have no part of me. Uh you have no life in you is what he says, actually, in, in verse 53 of John 6. Uh, in John six sixty, it says, Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Mm. In, in this last verse, in John 6, 6, 6, <laughs> John chapter 6, verse 66, I'm not making this up. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Wow. This was a hard saying. And even among the Jewish people, this is a hard saying. But I love it because here's the thing. It's so simple. Communion is really simple. Uh, The Apostle Paul's instructions for communion 
can be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. Now, he goes into this letter, and we don't know all the problems that are entailed with the community, but, but he's responding uh, to a letter himself or to a need, and there are seven disorders in the church of Corinth. I'm going to read these to you. Seven disorders in the church of Corinth at the time of Passover that we have to address even today to be relevant. Number one, he called them out for divisions. Number two, heresies. Number three, selfishness. Number four, the misuse of the church. Number five, shaming the poor. Number six, partaking unworthy of the Lord's Supper with its benefits. And number seven, this is the most important thing, everyone, failure to judge self. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. I'm going to have Ryan read that in regard to the body of of Christ and the, and the blood of Christ, and the, so, the symbol. Yep, so here it says uh, in verse 26, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wow. Yeah. Now, I want to have Ryan find another verse that would go with this. It's in Romans in regards to salvation. Uh, they call this the Roman road. That's mm-hmm. what they say. This Romans uh, 8, it's a salvation verse uh, in regards to confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart. I'm going to have him actually read this verse because there's oh. something in this verse that is very, very, very important. Yes, yeah, it's actually uh, chapter 10, verse 9 in Romans, and it says, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. Listen, Ryan, come on, somebody. Listen, this is incredible. We have to remember his death. Why? Because his death gives us forgiveness of our sins. His death renews the marriage covenant. This is incredible, people. And people get so down and out and depressed over the death of Christ and all this bloody gospel. Let me tell you something. It is a bloody gospel. We have to remember his death because it's a spiritual law. Because without his death, we have no forgiveness of sins. Without his death, we have no marriage covenant. This is incredible, everybody. Quit leaning on yourself and on your own knowledge and understanding in the Hebrews of Christian faith. And, you know, I've got the Hamas, the Talmud, the Mishnah. I have all this stuff, you know, but I'm just telling you that this is about a person. We got to give him the glory. That's right. We can't save a fly. No, we can't. We can't even heal a fly. So as we look at this, we have to remember his death. This is incredible. And, and let me close with this, because it's about coming to the table. The Last Supper was at a table. The first Passover was at a table, Ryan. And, and notice these songs that have come out. Michael Card in January of 1994, January 17th, Come to the Table. Uh, Chris Tomlin has a song called The Table. It came out in October uh, of 2014 on the 27th. Uh, just recently, I think in the charts, uh, or even... Among contemporary Christian uh, music, we have the Sidewalk Prophets to the Table, uh, August 28, 2015. And last but not least, uh, we have this song uh, about a table with Zach Williams, December 14, 2016. I only bring this to light, Ryan, because in Ezekiel's temple, you have the altar of burnt offering in the outer court there. And then as you progress into the inner court and you're right across from the Holy of Holies, right at the opening there, it says that there's a table. This is incredible. Yeah. You don't find the candlesticks. You don't find the altar of incense, but you do find the altar of burnt offering and you find the table. Let me encourage all of you right now, come to this table. Come to the table of communion. Have communion with one another. And then from there, it's the table of showbread. We can all make it to the altar of incense 
and then we can all, of course, live happily ever after. So we do not want to celebrate Passover with wickedness and malice. I always say I'm laying low this week. I'm laying low. I'm laying low. I'm preparing my heart because the, the enemy will enter the hearts of our family, our friends, our co-workers to, to steal our witness, mm. to put out our light, to take the flavor out of our salt. And we got to say, no, 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 it's not going to happen. So I want to encourage all of you. This is a time of examination, self examination. You want to take of communion in a worthy manner. And by the way, if you're ever going to receive communion, Passover is when you do it. Now, there's no amount of times that you can't do it, but I'll tell you what, every time you partake of communion, you better examine yourself. So praise God, Ryan, I am so jacked up, so excited that this podcast is going over the airwaves to put those principalities, those things in the second heaven on notice that the first heaven has been activated because the third heaven, the kingdom of God is pressing down on top of this realm, coming to earth, the reign of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, people, uh, just one of the rules of, of marketing is that, that people are story addicts, and this is one of the greatest stories ever told, the story of the Passover and the story of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and they are one in the same. Uh, Jesus is our Passover, and and ha- why is it that God chose this method? You know, God is infinite. We are finite. He gave us something finite. This is what God chose, and so, um, you know, it's, it's a very exciting story. It's one of those things that, that if you can get people involved in the story, then they'll, it'll click for them. People learn through parables. That's why Jesus spoke in parables. It's an awesome, uh, an awesome object lesson for it. And so we've got some homework. This so is it. This is it, everybody. I want you to go. really think about this. This has been stirring in my spirit. We always talk about the kingdom Passover or the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19, verses 7 through 9. But remember now, currently we are in the personal Passover, which happened 2,000 years ago. So we're 2,000 years closer to the last and final Passover, the consummation of this marriage. Because right now we're betrothed to Yeshua. That's right. And that's what even John the Baptist was saying. Hey, listen, I'm a friend of the bridegroom. You know, even Paul said, hey, I have espoused you to one husband, that to Christ. He told the Corinthian church that. So we're betrothed. You can walk away, everyone. You can walk away. But no, 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 it's not, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's right. Let's finish strong. So here's your homework assignment for the season of redemption. What has really taken place 2,000 years ago to today that's going to take place tomorrow to bring us closer to this table? Let's check out the book of Revelation. Because once again, the marriage supper of the Lamb is found in Revelation 19, 7 through 9. The bride has made herself ready. Man, hallelujah. All right, guys. Uh, it is now on you. The challenge is going out. We are proclaiming the Passover, and now the, the mission is for you to make Passover great again, to go out and tell your family and friends to join at the table and to celebrate the Passover with your family and friends. And remember, there's three elements that make the Passover, uh, lamb, bitter herbs, and unleavened bread. So if you got those three, if you're wondering, how do I do the Passover? We can get your resources if you want more specifics, but if you've got lamb, unleavened bread, and bitter herbs, and then, of course, the bridegroom, the Messiah, Yeshua, then you are going to have a successful Passover this year. And so proclaim it, get involved with your community and your family, get together with others, and uh, and make it a holy convocation where you come together and you honor God and honor His Son uh, during this time. And so uh, if you guys have questions, you need anything, we've got Passover resources. We've got uh, special Haggadahs, uh, the book uh, for the Seder, uh, specifically for Christians. And so we've got 
electronic copies and we've got physical copies. So uh, if you want to reach out to the office, uh, either to me at ryan at topraise.net or you can call the office at 813-654-2222. We would be so encouraged by you coming uh, to us to get your stuff because we would just love to to send that to you and love to encourage you in your faith and in your walk. And, uh, And then number two... If, uh, if, you, if you need prayer, you need encouragement, email us. You have questions about the Passover, Scripture verses, things that we've discussed on the podcast today. Uh, send us your messages, ryan at topraise.net. We would love to hear from you. Uh, praise God. Praise God for you. Praise God for His Son. And uh, we're very excited. We're going to have a great Passover. We're going to make Passover great again. Have a great week.